You're listening to episode 12, a sneak preview of Arab's fifth annual Global Intelligence Forum. You're listening to the Business of Intelligence, a podcast that explores how intelligence serves decision makers beyond the traditional national security audience. Tune in as we connect with some of the world's leading practitioners working at the intersection of business and risk in order to analyze and discuss the field of private sector intelligence. We'll talk about what's working, what isn't, and how intelligence is helping organizations navigate today's global operating environment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Business of Intelligence. I hope you're doing well, and thank you so much for listening. We sincerely appreciate you sticking with us and and joining us today. We've actually never done anything like this before, but today what I'm going to do is provide a sneak preview of Arab's fifth annual Global Intelligence Forum. That's an event that's just a few days away and honestly one that we think is the gold standard for the private sector intelligence community. Now, if you're attending, you're likely already familiar with Arab, but if this happens to be your first event, or maybe if you're listening to this episode and you just don't plan on attending, Arab stands for Association of International Risk Intelligence Professionals. Now, before I get started, I did want to be transparent about a few things. Both Michael and I have actually been involved in Arab for quite some time, and we both hold leadership positions within the organization. And while this podcast doesn't have any sort of formal you know, relationship with or partnership with Arab, the leadership team is aware of that we're doing this episode. And to be honest, I feel really good about using this platform to talk about the Global Intelligence Forum because... Arab is such a great organization. It's doing so many things to help elevate the field of private sector intelligence. And so I feel really good about, about using this podcast to talk about what I think is a great event. So what was the thinking behind this short episode? Well, Michael and I, we think the upcoming forum is obviously going to add a ton of value to you as the practitioner. And it it doesn't really matter if you've been in the field for a short amount of time or a, a really long amount of time. But regardless, we thought it would be really fun to actually just provide a sneak preview and we thought it would be worthwhile. So here's how this is going to work. Because of I've attended and helped host all previous in-person forums, Michael actually played the role of executive director for this one and provided me with a short list of questions that I'm going to address based on my experience from the past. Now, if you've never attended, we certainly hope you find this informative, but we also hope this episode actually creates a little anticipation and excitement because COVID has kept us away for the last couple of years. For some of you, this might be the first time that you've done an in-person event in quite some time. So hopefully this gets you fired up and, and gets you ready for the forum, which is going to take place in just a few days. So having said all that, here we go. And I'm going to start with just the basic details and get this out of the way very quickly for everyone. So this is the fifth annual Global Intelligence Forum. It's going to take place in the great city of Chicago. No bias there from my perspective. It starts on the late afternoon of Tuesday, September 13th with a networking reception, which is just a great way to kick things off and sort of break the ice. And I'm sure it's going to, it's going to be a lot of fun for everyone who can attend. And then the main conference actually takes place all day on Wednesday, September 14th, and then another half day on Thursday, September 15th. Now, Arup does a lot of things. They put on a lot of events, online stuff, you name it. But I would say this is the premier conference 
And it's certainly their can't miss event for intelligence practitioners. So if you do want to take a look at the full agenda, simply check out the Arab website, which is really simple. It's Arab.org or A-I-R-I-P.org. You can go to the events tab, which can be found in the top right portion of the site. And once you click on the events, the forum will be front and center with the agenda, the speaker list, COVID protocols, et cetera, et cetera, everything that you need. This is an in-person event, but there is going to be a hybrid component that allows some limited virtual participation for those that, for whatever reason, can't travel. And I believe that participation is going to be reserved for the two keynotes. So I think that's a really good thing. And that, that's going to be extend the um, invitation, if you will, to a lot of different people. So those are the basic details. Why don't we get to the list of questions that Michael has drafted for me? And so I'm going to start with this first one here. And he says, Ryan, what is Arup? And can you provide everyone with a brief overview? And I actually think this is a really good place to start for everyone. So the Association of International Risk Intelligence Professionals, more easily known as Arup, is actually a 501c6. It's a nonprofit professional association that was founded in 2015 by Rachel Bodie. And it is hard to believe that it's seven years old. It seems like just yesterday that the association formed and started holding events. And it's come a very, very long way since that since that time, which for those of you who've been around since the beginning, I'm sure you can attest to. Now, everyone can certainly check out the website and you can read their mission. You can read other relevant information on the site if you have a chance. But I'm just going to quickly explain Arup in my own words. And the first thing that comes to mind for me is that Arup is the industry association for intelligence practitioners. It does primarily consist of private sector practitioners, but there are absolutely plenty of government members, military members, and student members, which makes just a really great and diverse mix, I think. The second thing that comes to mind for me is it's just a fantastic place to connect with other practitioners and to build community. And I think build community is really my favorite part of being involved in this organization. You find your tribe, so to speak. You know, you find other people that you can lean on. You find other people that have those shared experiences that you can bond over. And, you know, there's a lot of value as well in that community, which I'll talk about here in a few moments. It's also a place to just learn new things, you know, so you can improve and get better. And that's from both an individual perspective, but obviously you can take that knowledge and expertise back and help your organization grow as well. And then Arab, like I mentioned earlier, they provide a lot of different offerings to include multiple conferences. You know, since COVID started, the monthly webinars have really been a featured item, I think, the education committee has done a fantastic job with the webinars, some really rich discussions, some great speakers. So those continue monthly. And then there's other things that you just have to, to keep your eye out for as well. So that's a brief overview, very down and dirty, very succinct, I hope. But in my own words, that's what Arab sort of represents to me from my perspective. Now, moving on to Michael's next question, he says, now, Ryan, I'm going to ask this next question as if I'm someone who's never, ever attended a global intelligence forum before. What should I expect when I attend? And again, I think this is a great question, especially for those of you who are listening that this is going to be your first time or maybe you attended the first one and you haven't attended since. 
So the theme this year is really, I think, apropos. It's titled Post-Pandemic to Endemic World. What does it mean for the workforce? And I think that theme is extremely relevant and timely considering what we've all gone through over the past couple of years. So what you should expect is relevant and timely content as well. And that content's going to be able to be used to help improve yourself, your team, your organization. It's just going to be a, a great event, I think. Now, the bottom line up front, if you will, in terms of what you should expect is you can expect a keynote presentation each morning, which I love. You get more than one. There's going to be a variety of different speakers, panels, and sessions that cover a broad range of sort of timely and relevant content, as I mentioned. On Wednesday afternoon, there's going to be a series of trainings that I think are worth the conference fee alone. And I'm going to, I'm going to come back to these trainings in just a moment because I think they're worth highlighting for everyone. And then in addition to the actual content and training, there, of course, there's going to be tons of networking. So you can look forward to networking receptions on both Tuesday and Wednesday evenings. And what I think is a pretty cool location that overlooks the Chicago skyline. There's going to be ample opportunities to visit with Arab business partners as well, who are going to have tables set up in the conference center there, and they're doing great work. So good opportunity to stop by and and learn more about what they're doing and what they bring to our community. And then finally, in terms of atmosphere, and this is what I like to talk about the most, and this is what gets me really excited when I think about this forum, you can definitely expect a really laid back and just... I guess what I would describe a collegial feel. Now, no offense to our government friends and partners. We absolutely love you. But for those of you who will be attending, you're not going to see anyone or barely anyone, if you will, wear a suit or tie. Everyone is very, very relaxed. And it's just one of those events where you feel like you're amongst friends. It's like an oversized fireside chat, if you will, which is fantastic. There's music to keep the energy up. There's multiple networking breaks, so you have time to chat and take a break. And there's just a really, really great atmosphere, I think, which is one of the more underappreciated aspects of this industry conference. So that's what you should expect when you attend. Now, Mike had a follow-on question for me for this particular question, and that follow-up was, this will be my first major conference, and I'm a bit nervous about meeting new people. Any thoughts on this? And so I love that he thought of this question because he's obviously thinking about people who, you know, have never have never been to this event before combined with the pandemic, which has, you know, kept us at home and sort of kept us on the shelf, if you will, for a couple of years. So I think it's really important to talk about this. So my first thought is, if you are feeling this way, meaning you're a bit nervous about meeting new people, you're just a bit nervous about attending please don't feel bad. (laughs) And I would go even a step further and I would tell you it's actually really normal because others are going to be feeling the same way as well. You're not going to be alone in those feelings. I've seen recently graduated students attend. I've seen government practitioners attend their first private sector event before. I've seen brand new employees attend. So if you think you're going to be out of place because it's your first time there, you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be out of place because there's a lot of other folks that are in your shoes as well. Also know that the atmosphere is is such that it's just really easy for people to talk to one another. And most people are there to make connections. So there's this shared sense of purpose amongst the crowd. So 
What I would also tell you on this is don't be afraid to just introduce yourself or, or jump in on a conversation as it's a pretty welcoming group. And that goes for even if you are an introvert. This is a conference I don't want to say full of introverts. That wouldn't be fair. It's probably an unfair generalization, but there are going to be people that are introverts there. And so don't feel like as if you're the only person that that's an introvert and just jump right in. And I promise you, there'll be people there to, to help you out. So the next question from Michael is who can really benefit from attending Arab? And the first thing that came to mind was such a generic answer that it's not even worthwhile because I was going to say everyone, you know, everyone's going to get something out of this, I believe, but that that's not really a good answer. So let me dive in a little bit deeper. There are three groups that really stand out to me that I think can benefit from attending Europe. And I, I really just sort of alluded to them in my last answer, but the first one that is sort of top of mind for me are, are students or recent grads and those who are looking to move into the field of private sector intelligence. The way that I feel this way is because, or the reason why I feel this way, excuse me, is because I've seen this firsthand. You know, I think one of the last conferences pre-COVID, there was somebody who had recently graduated from their master's program. They paid their own way. They were from out of state. They made their way up to the conference and they were trying to professionally network and learn more about the field of private sector intelligence. They were trying to meet new people, see what was out there in terms of job prospects. And I remember people started sort of whispering, if you will, about, wow, that's super impressive. I can't believe this person did all this. That's, you know, that's really admirable. Let's go meet them. You know, let's talk to them. Let's make some introductions to some other people. And to make a long story short, that person found a job not too long after that. And so it was really just a, a great form and a great way to, to benefit from the attendance. I won't go too much into detail, but that person actually eventually made their way onto my team. And so I'm super grateful that they decided to, to take that chance and come to the Global Intelligence Forum and it really paid off. So if you are a student right now or if you are a recent grad and you're attending, then I promise you it, it can pay off for you and it's, it's worth attending. On a similar note, I would say first time attendees can really benefit as well. And those are the folks that, you know, are out there working. They've got their first job, but maybe this is your first industry conference. Maybe this is the first time that you've really been exposed to other practitioners in the field. So for you, I think this can benefit in a number of ways, many of which I just mentioned with the students or recent grads. But, you know, here your focus might be a little bit different in that you've got the job. Now you're trying to build that network. You're trying to meet people that have different areas of expertise that maybe you want to tap into. You know, you're looking for a mentor, perhaps, which you can certainly find at this intelligence forum. So I think there's just a laundry list of items in terms of how you can benefit for attending. And then the third group that sort of stands out in my mind are the government practitioners. And with this one, you may be thinking, well, what do you mean? Why would a government intelligence practitioner benefit from coming to what is broadly known as a private sector intelligence conference? Well, first of all, just a reminder, Arup is open to all intelligence practitioners, and there are some great government practitioners as part of this community. Um, but government practitioners can really benefit because 
they either want to improve somehow. Maybe they want to think about something from a different perspective, the private sector perspective, or maybe they or you, if you're listening, government practitioner, maybe you are on the glide path of transitioning to the private sector. And if that is the case, this is absolutely one of the best steps you can possibly take and sort of strategizing around your transition because you can meet so many people, you can sort of understand and learn what's out there. You can understand what are the topics and the issues that we're currently dealing with as a field these days. So there's no doubt that if you're a government practitioner and you attend this conference, you can certainly benefit. So those are the three groups that really stand out to me in terms of who can benefit. But again, to give you the generic answer, I think everybody's going to be able to take something away from this event. All right, moving on to the next question. Michael says, Ryan, what are you looking forward to the most at this event? And th this is a difficult one. This is where I had to actually take quite a bit of time and think about this because historically I've had a lot of fun. I mean, I've enjoyed catching up with old friends. I've enjoyed meeting new people. The networking receptions are great. And then, of course, the different panels and speakers. I'm always learning something, always taking notes, always trying to sort of operationalize and institute what I learned at this conference with my own team. But I'll tell you that there's something for everyone. But as someone who is a hiring manager and I'm responsible for building and scaling a function and for building a great team and a great culture to match that team, I think I'm going to be listening really intently to a couple of things. And the first one that I would flag for you is the senior stakeholder panel. And so in terms of the, the description, there are going to be senior intelligence stakeholders. And I don't want to necessarily give away who they're going to be right now, but they're going to be there to discuss how risk intelligence teams should structure their services for their needs in the post-pandemic era and their vision for risk intelligence services in the coming years. So based on that description alone, I was absolutely hooked. You know, I'm really excited to hear their perspective because I think this is absolutely critical. To be honest with you, I'm actually surprised you don't see this panel more often at other conferences because customers and stakeholders are absolutely at the center of our universe, meaning the center of our service that we provide. And it just makes sense to invite them to provide some candid feedback on how we're doing. How can we better serve them? What else can we do to strengthen the partnership? And so honestly, I would love to see this at every single conference. I know that's probably not realistic, but I believe this is the first time I've seen a panel like this. So I'm really excited about this. I also think it's, it's great to have what my team calls line of sight into the stakeholder. And what we mean by that is if you're an intelligence practitioner and perhaps you didn't work directly with that client or that customer or that key stakeholder, how can you as a practitioner still have line of sight into what they're thinking, what their feedback is? Did they appreciate the service, et cetera, if you didn't work directly with them? And so, you know, you're going to hear from a number of different senior intelligence stakeholders to, to get some line of sight. Um, from a variety of different companies as well. And I think this could really benefit a lot of people. So that would be one thing. I would say another uh, panel that I'm really looking forward to that I would flag for everyone is the one that's called Barriers to Entry, Career Advancement in the Private Sector. And so here the description is, 
how do we overcome the hurdles for risk intelligence professionals transitioning into the private sector? And how can we remove limitations to career growth within the private sector? And in terms of why I'm most looking forward to this, I honestly don't know. I don't know where to start. I think this might be one of the most pervasive issues in the field of private sector intelligence. And I mean, from a negative perspective, in terms of these barriers to entry and career advancement, with regards to barriers to entry, let's just be honest. I mean, we do not have a good system. And not only do we not have a good system, our system to enter this field is broken and it needs to be completely disrupted. There is so much talent out there that needs to be brought in to the the field of private sector intelligence. There's so much diverse talent that needs to be brought in that's not getting a shot. There are so many recent graduates and students who just can't get in for whatever reason because perhaps someone says they don't have the experience or more realistically, they just don't know anyone in the field that can help get them in. And so we really have to overcome these barriers if we're going to elevate and eventually professionalize the field of private sector intelligence. And then when you think about the second part of this career advancement in the private sector, this has got to be, if it's not the top frustration, it's got to be one of the top one, two, three frustrations of practitioners that are currently working for various companies. You know, most functions are fairly small. There are certainly a handful of very, very large intelligence functions out there. But for the most part, these teams are not very big. There's not often, you know, a career path that's laid out for everyone. And so what happens is, you know, great talent has to leave. And when great talent leaves, that really impacts a team's business continuity. And business continuity to me, and I'm going off on a little bit of a sidebar here, but business continuity for an intelligence function is one of the most important aspects and drivers of success, I think, for a function. Maintaining that talent, maintaining that institutional knowledge, it takes a long time to get to know and understand your business in a way that allows you to contextualize the insights that you're providing in a meaningful and actionable way. And so if folks feel like they don't have any shot at career advancement, and that can look, you know, that can look like different things, but if they feel like they don't have any shot, then obviously who could blame them? They're going to, they're going to walk away. So I can't wait for this panel. I think there's going to be a lot that's packed into it. Yeah. I think others are going to be looking forward to this as well. And then the third thing that I would flag for everyone are the trainings. Now, historically at this forum, I think the trainings are fantastic. This might be my favorite, my favorite section, if you will, and I'll explain why. But first of all, there's three different sessions, how to build an intelligence program from scratch and cultivate effective intelligence teams. And this is Arab's bread and butter. You know, this is all about how do we improve? How do we get better? What are some tangible advice that you can take away and implement right away? Another session is called Emerging Data Visualization and OSINT Techniques, which sounds amazing. And then the third session is Career Advancement and Negotiating Skills. And for me personally, for somebody who is, uh, you know, I've, I've struggled. I've struggled in the past with advocating for myself. And, you know, I think it's just a sense of humility that has been driven into me based on my prior career, which is 
a background in the military, and I know others struggle with this as well. And so on a personal level, I'm actually looking forward to see what I can learn from this. And I think you all will as well. But in terms of summarizing the training sessions, what I love about them the most is, again, it's that actionable advice that we get things that we can take away and use right away and operationalize. You know, it's not necessarily about theory or concept. It's actually stuff you can use. And now I'm repeating myself. So hopefully you get the point. But the other aspect of the training is not just anyone gives these training sessions. You're talking about some of the top practitioners in the field, people that really know what they're doing. And so it's a great opportunity to not only listen in on the training session, but perhaps pick their brain afterwards, perhaps see if that trainer can be a part of your network going forward so you can call on them again in the future. And so really looking forward to to that as well. So those are just a few things that I'm really excited about. There's obviously, there's too much to list right now. Um, I could go on and on, but if you take a look at the agenda, I'm sure you're going to see something that is really going to catch your eye. So that will segue into actually the last question. So we're trying to keep this very brief and succinct, but the last one from Michael for me is, all right, Ryan, what is your advice for making this event worthwhile? And I think this is a great question to end on. And this is really what it's all about because yes, conferences are supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be a bit of an escape and a place where we can all bond over shared experiences. And to be honest, we can commiserate a little bit together over what can be a pretty difficult job sometimes, especially after the last couple of years. But despite all of that, I do have some advice and a little homework for everyone attending And don't worry, it's not as bad as it sounds, but let me start with the homework. And what I would really recommend to make this event worthwhile is a really simple strategy before you attend. And that's just asking yourself, what are my goals for attending this event? Or maybe the question is, what would I like to get out of attending and how can I achieve that? And now here's something tangible to think about that I adhere to when I attend a conference. Most teams do not have all the expertise that they need because we're just not big enough to have all that expertise. There's always going to be a gap or multiple gaps in terms of expertise on a topical issue, or maybe it's a particular geography or a tool that you're using right now or you want to use. There's always going to be those gaps and you're trying to fill those gaps Use the conference to meet people and develop a relationship with someone who can help fill those gaps in for you. So if you have a question on Russia, Ukraine, but you don't have that expertise on your team, who's someone that you can meet that you would then feel comfortable connecting with for a quick call or maybe via email? You know, ask yourself that. And in many ways, I I realize we just normally call that professional networking. But another way to think about this is, This is really just a more thoughtful way of extending your team and your team's expertise if you do it in a meaningful and thoughtful way. And it can really, really have an oversized impact on your function. So that's the advice. And then on a related note, I think as a follow-up to this, I would also consider doing a post-conference report or wrap-up. So I know that a lot of practitioners sometimes struggle with the budget to attend these conferences. And obviously we're going through a period of time right now where 
I'm assuming that a lot of budgetary items are, are being questioned. And I, I know that's a fact. And so, you know, how can you make sure that you go back to your, your manager, your boss, your key stakeholders department, whoever it may be, and demonstrate that this was definitely a worthwhile investment and the return on investment is actually going to come back many fold. So think about doing a simple post-conference write-up and, you know, it can be as easy as saying, these are the top three things that I learned that I think we can implement as a department that's going to make us better. And then you can go all the way to the other end of the spectrum and come up with something really complex. I think the sky's the limit here, but I think taking that sort of proactive approach is really going to demonstrate the return on investment to those who are thinking about budget and who sometimes question these events. So that would be the related piece of advice. Now, my second and different piece of advice, and this is specifically for those who've attended this conference before, or perhaps you've been around for a while, please, please, please reach out and connect with someone that's either new to the field, or perhaps this is their first conference and just see how they're doing, you know, just see how they, how you can help you know, ask, is there, is there anything that I can do for you? It might be an introduction that you can make for that person. It might be, you just want to include them in a conversation that you're having during a networking break. So they're not feeling isolated because this is their first conference. You'll be doing a service to not only that person, but I think to the entire field as well, by just offering to connect benchmark share expertise, whatever it may be. So please consider that if this is not your first go around. I would also advise that if, if you're somehow looking to get more involved in the field, and if you want to raise your professional profile just a bit, I would ask you to seriously consider volunteering for an Arab committee or maybe speaking on a panel or a webinar sometime down the road. Talk with members of the Arab board or leadership team talk with a panelist and ask them about their experience during the conference. Arup is constantly looking for speakers and volunteers. And one of the great things about this organization is it really likes to put a spotlight on its own members. So if you're looking to give back and, or let's say, raise your profile, which could certainly come in handy for a number of reasons, you know, please consider getting involved. This is a great opportunity to, to think about that and to learn how you can do that. And then my last piece of advice and what I would leave you with is just to let, let your guard down just a bit, relax, be yourself. And despite what I said in terms of walking in with a strategy, obviously don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. I mean, these events are supposed to be fun. They're a way for us to unplug from the day-to-day -day routine and re-energize ourselves and find some inspiration when the inspiration might be lacking just a bit after spending the last couple of years in crisis mode and we all know there's rising rates of burnout. So if you happen to be an introvert, as I mentioned earlier, don't sweat it. There's plenty just like you that are going to be there. If you happen to be nervous, and it sounds silly, but this is a real thing because this will actually be the first conference you've been to since before the pandemic, also know that that's normal and there are going to be others that feel the same way as you do. Just a quick anecdote. The first conference I attended post-COVID, or let's say when is it ever going to be post-COVID? The beginning of this year was Ontic's Protective Intelligence Summit back in February, which is which is a great event as well and I, that I highly recommend. And I'm not going to lie, I've been to, I think, over 100 conferences, at least in my career, and I've spoken at many of them. 
But when I came down from my hotel room to attend that first networking reception back in February, I was more nervous than I would have been as if I was a keynote speaker or if I was speaking on a panel. I think I was just out of practice socially and, you know, we had been isolated so long. So I had those nerves. So if you're feeling like that, again, don't worry about it. Others are going to be in the same shoes and just relax, have fun. Everybody there is, is going to be there to have a great time and learn from one another. So, you know, it should be a great event. So that really wraps it up. We wanted to keep this short and succinct for everyone. I hope if you've never been to Arab's Global Intelligence Forum, you know, this helps you out a little bit. It gives you an understanding of what to expect, maybe a little bit of advice that you can implement as you walk into the conference. If this is not your first rodeo, if you've been there, you know, multiple times before, look forward to catching up with you and just seeing what's going on and, and seeing how things are. For all of you, please come up, say hello. I'll be giving the keynote on day two, which I'm looking forward to. But again, I mentioned this earlier and I'll, I'll say it again one more time. I love these events because I love saying hello to old friends and I love ne meeting new people. And so I can't wait to, to see everyone in the next few days. So until then, thanks again for listening. We really appreciate it. To my good friend and, and co-host, Michael, thanks for playing executive producer on this one. And thanks for the great questions. And we'll talk to everyone soon. Take care, everybody.